Happy Tuesday. Hi, everybody. It is the 9th of April, 2019, and that's something in and of itself. <laughs> yes. So here we are. We're back. We missed last week. Yes. Sorry we didn't tell you we would miss last week. We weren't quite sure we went on a little getaway. We did. Hideaway. Not a getaway. We were just hiding away. Right. Yes. And uh, for really just to complete celebrating my person's birthday. So we went to Colorado for a few days and we were actually traveling back and needed to change our time of flying to get back for something here. And so we we couldn't get the podcast done before we left. So here we are. Yes, we're back. Yay. Well, it is always so glorious to get to chit-chat early in the morning. First of all, because it's fun to watch each other, like, get the engine rolling. You know, it's kind of like, you know, a cold start in the middle of winter or yeah. something, even though it's now spring. And um, so we shouldn't be having so much issues. But then again, it's also allergy season here in greater Tulsa County. And so we are definitely experiencing some of that as we grockily um, <clears throat> insist that our voices work and yeah. all these other fun things. It feels a little bit like the Princess Bride. It does. This morning where yeah. they start talking, it's like, <clears throat> and then it gets back to the normal level. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, we just watched that movie, didn't we? We did. Yeah, it's a classic. But th- this was our second attempt at the podcast because we were working on pause voice and then I started talking and realized we had some problems. There's so many bullfrogs <laughs> in in yeah. this room right now. So <clears throat> here we are and um, lots happening here. Oh, yeah. the corner is just so close. The interior of the corner is done. Yes. And the exterior of the corner um, is, it's like, the, it's just Days a night away. and day. It's a night and day building. It's like, wow. Yeah. Think of, you know, how and you know, it's funny because you know people don't say anything until you fix it and then they're like wow that that was a really ugly building what <laughs> hey but um but yeah so our concrete um headquarters uh, the corner um you know definitely was not the prettiest building on the outside but um papa gave um us and tav a vision and um we got a hold of some people who felt like they could do it, and wow. Starting with Axel, who yeah. could actually plan it out. Yeah, Axel's, Axel came <laughs> in, and I mean, it's just a different building. It's like, wow. And um, so, anyway, that's happening, and, yeah. and we're in the middle of a fitting room right now. Yes, and so the fitting room is just such a sweet place for us. We um, we love the fitting room. We and do. So, um, we we really... Um, had a lot of anticipation as we were coming into it. We we did our own little mini fitting room while we were hiding away and uh, just so excited at everything he was saying for the couples, but I think just for his bride as well and and his groomsmen. Yeah. <laughs> Those who care about what he cares about and those who are you know, just in that ache to become one. And so it's been a very sweet time so far, but we've talked a lot. So that's probably part of our, our voices yeah, <clears throat> needing to be 
um, rebooted. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Do I need to do like a restart? We shut down and then restart our voices. Yeah. So, well, that keeps happening, I find. So, um, well, this fitting room, yeah. So between the fitting room and Colorado, so many things. There's just so many. I mean, literally a a treasure trove of wow. And so I, I have a feeling that it's going to be uh, many weeks and maybe even months before everything that came about in Colorado is able to fully be processed and um, released because Papa just really, um, yeah, sometimes he blows us away and he definitely blew me away, definitely blew me a mile away um, while we were in Colorado. So, but, um, but there's something, there's a couple of things uh, that are more today. So I, I want to, I want to say something about Colorado and then I want to say something about yesterday. So, um, in Colorado, there was one huge thing that sort of set the stage for all the others that came from it. So too many to say today. So I just want to say this one thing, and that is, um, if God ever offers you a second plate of gold nuggets, don't decline it. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, God gives us this glorious day and fills our plate with morsels and, and gold nuggets and just glory. And it's such a beautiful thing. And we're so full that we go riding off into the sunset instead of pausing because there may be a second plate of morsels and gold nuggets to come the next day. And, um, and I found myself in that spot where I, I wasn't, my expectancy wasn't wide enough to be ready for the next day's goodies. And, uh, I was so busy dancing and celebrating one days that I, I missed the second and I didn't miss it, but I, I, I almost missed it. And because I declined it. And so the, the joy in that is just being able to say, oh, wow, Papa's so big that our expectancy should not have a limit to it. So don't limit your expectancy. If Papa does something great, um, and even if you're overwhelmed by it, trust that he can and stretch you and expand you so that the next day's plate of nuggets, you're ready for it, and you're not so busy going off and um, doing something else that you miss it. And uh, that's what I did. And, um, and Papa redeemed it all real quickly. And so I didn't lose my nuggets, but um, I almost did. And so there's a real lesson in that. And then um, yesterday we were talking about um, the four covenants. And I got a real good reminder from Papa and uh, and I just wanted to share it because I feel like um, there's something really cool that we all can look at in our relationships. And it's not, you know, even though this was the fitting room, it doesn't have to be a marital mm-hmm. uh, application. This can be to every person in the kingdom, whether you're married or single, doesn't matter, um, to be able to uh, remember that we look at all of our relationships and ask Papa whether or not we have walked through with those people um, the previous covenants to where we are. 
So if you, um, so we don't assume that just because someone believes in Jesus that they've chosen to be a friend of God or that they've chosen to be a son and, or, or daughter. Um, but if we are in a relationship with a person who has chosen to be a son or daughter and we have that sort of that sibling relationship with them, the question is, have we ever walked through the um, servant covenant with them? Have we ever walked through the friendship covenant with them? And I think that's something we've said many times before, but it's easy to forget that and to remember that. And it really just stood out to me because I saw it from a new perspective uh, yesterday when I began looking back at some of the relationships that I had in the natural through my childhood years. And I realized that with uh, my friends that I grew up with, we were friends uh, and we really did share our hearts and, and sort of share our fun times and experiences with each other. But um, as friends, I had never walked through the servant covenant with them. And um, I'd never seen what was precious to them and um, and prayed into that. And because of that, um, you know, by skipping the servant covenant, my friendships were very selfish you know, and I was in those friendships to get something for me. And I, and I wasn't really, um, thinking about how to serve them, how to discover what was precious to them and tend to that in them and love them in that way. And, um, and so because of that, I have very few friendships throughout my life, uh, really previous to now that, uh, lasted, I, you know, maybe one or two, from, you know, my childhood and, um, the rest didn't make it because they were selfish in nature. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even, you know, a sibling, you know, if, if you have a brother or a sister, or if you have children and you have more than one, you know, you can kind of look at these as great examples that, um, you know, you're born into brother or sister relationships and, um, and so, you know, if you're the youngest as I was, you wake up one day and you you just got a, a sibling. And, um, or if you're the oldest, you know, one day your siblings are born. And, um, and so you're automatically brought into the inheritance covenant. But did you ever walk through the servant covenant or did you ever walk through the friendship covenant with your brothers and sisters? And, it's amazing how if you didn't walk through the servant covenant, your friendships, or your your siblings probably have again a selfish relationship. Um, but if you if you didn't walk through the friendship covenant, you may have never seen what they were wrestling with. Yeah, you may have always complained about the the way that you butt heads or the conditions the conditions that they had, but you never really saw that they were wrestling with something. And did you pray for your siblings? to step into rest. And, um, and that's something that really translates in the kingdom, um, is, is we can go to church with, or be in Kahal community with people and, um, and have a real sibling relationship with them. But again, if we never walked through that servant covenant and we never prayed for them to discover what was precious to them, if we never walked through that friendship covenant and discovered what they were wrestling with, um, you know, if we never saw the things that uh, that they thought 
uh, we're satisfying them, but really they're not in contentment. And how have we prayed for them? Mm-hmm. You know, all of the things that that uh, that Ma has taught over the years and incessors and all the things that we've talked about in the four covenants over the years. But if we haven't walked through that in those people in the natural or in those people that are uh, our kind of kingdom, kahal, community relationships, we may find that there is a root of selfishness in our relationships. And, uh, and that's a big part of the reason why they're not as fruitful as they could be. Mm-hmm. And um, so rooting out some of the selfishness in our lives can not only be, you know, as we used to say, navel-gazing or <laughs> looking at our own, you know, oh, yeah. I'm so selfish, but really looking at our relationships and seeing, wow, I'm not interacting with this person in selfless love because I'm not praying for them. I'm not seeing them through the eyes of those previous covenants. And so as I walk through my second circuit, third circuit, fourth circuit of the four covenants, that I not only look at that as my relationship with God, between me and God, but my relationship with others, and discover all the places that I've not entered into uh, those previous covenants with the ones that I'm in a more advanced covenant with. And it's just a, a cool thing um, you know, look at your children if you have children and ask, you know, <clears throat> are they interacting uh, in selflessness because they've seen what was precious in each other and prayed for that? Um, or did they bypass that because they're not? Or if you have siblings, you know, look at that. Did, did you walk through that journey with them? Um, if you have friends, did you ever walk through the servant covenant with them? If you're uh, in a kahal, did you walk through those covenants with those that you um, call your brother or your sister? And uh, when we do that, we'll find that uh, Papa has a lot to uh, reveal to us and a lot to reveal about them. And we see each other with eyes of love, compassion, support, and all the things that make the kingdom so great. So I just wanted to share that with everyone today and bless you to begin praying for each other. Not that this is the first time we've said that, (laughs) but but to remind each other and remind ourselves that we get to do that. Yeah, I think uh, some things we were talking about in the fitting room, just in the context of marriage and when we get married, that sometimes in the, the place where we're invited the most to grow and to have a safe space to... Um, grow and learn and try and and trip even uh, that there's this expectation you're married so you're one flesh instead of you just entered into the journey of one flesh and and it's the same in our relationships and community so often we connect we don't mean it to be a selfish way but by what we have most in common with someone or the ease of the relationship and that can be so amazing to have that kind of that instant connection. But the truth is, with a connection like that, sometimes we we don't go through the four covenants. And then there's going to come that time when condition is going to show up. And that's where you see these terrible rifts because there was such closeness, but there wasn't that journey to really um, know... We knew what was in common, but not what was precious, and it's not the same thing. 
and then we haven't taken the time to to you know have our feet washed in each other's dirty water <laughs> you know and then when it shows up it's so devastating and then on the other side of that is maybe someone we we didn't naturally connect with and and he does have um relationships where we'll be in deeper places you know with with some people but it doesn't mean he doesn't want to widen our other relationships and so if we never go through those four covenants because I don't I don't really feel that connected to that person we miss we miss a lot in community and in communion and so um we just you know we often get when we go through immersion or um dunks or even winter tea in August rush um but I think for us, a fitting room is a very, you know, we're really purpose because we're kind of um, stewarding that. The fitting rooms, we really were very purpose to experience everything the couples would be experiencing when we go into immersion. We really, we don't just want to teach that. We want to experience it. And so... um it's just interesting, I think, the timing of this particular fitting room, and we're, we've just been seeing so much through it, but we're, you know, in the, the space between Purim and Pesach, and just in this preparing place for, for Pesach, for Passover, um, that'll just be in a few weeks now, because we are in April, and so... Um, you know, we've talked on the podcast about just all the dreams that have been happening, how, you know, that season of preparation began with a pretty significant dream, you know, for us and uh, each of us were having dreams. And then we've been getting so many dreams from throughout the Cahals here and, and abroad. And it's just been incredible. And we're, we're, putting the pieces together for the application for all of us, but we know these particular dreams are very personal to each of the dreamers. Um, such significant things he's saying. So um, in in the dreams that have been coming, I've been really paying attention to the numbers, like times, like when people saw a clock or woke up at a certain time, and, and for me, for sure. And so I I had a morning actually where I woke up at 508 and um so really was asking Papa where where's your you know where have you spoken into this already because whenever I see something with time related I know he's already provided for this moment so I'm looking for where he's already spoken he's already provided so he did take me to first Peter 5 eight through nine. And, uh, so what's interesting as he always is our covenant for this fitting room is recognition. So we, we've got that going with the fitting room, but we're going to be looking for just every personal application he has for us. And so, um, I'm looking at the context of first Peter five, you know, the whole chapter and just blown away because, Peter is, you know, you can read it like he's addressing each role in the church. He's not. 
he is talking to a people about relationship, you know, because that is why we're here. We're not here to reject everything that we don't like and is foreign and all those things. We're here to reconcile relationships. And through that, the person who is attached to those things or clinging to those things can let them go. But through love, we get to reconcile people back to the relationship they were always intended to have with the Lord. So Peter is in this place and he's speaking to a community, really. And and like I said, it can, because of how our mindsets can be, he's speaking to this role and this role and this role, and he's separating them out. He's not. He's drawing them together as community for communion. And to do so... Um, he really wants them to understand that he's not asking anything of them that he himself hasn't done, which is amazing. And so he kind of takes them through his four covenants, his journey through the four covenants with Jesus. And so he talks about how first he was a fisherman and he came to serve and he goes through and then he he talks about the wrestling places he had with Jesus in in the things that um, Jesus was choosing and inviting him to choose, the suffering, you know, sharing in the suffering, the garden, all these places. And, and then he talks about being a brother, like because of these things, he's a brother to the very people he's addressing, to the people he walked with, yes, but to this people that he's called to, he's a brother, so they're sharing now in this inheritance. And then he even talks about the betrothal covenant, that he partook of the glory of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. And now he shares in that longing of what was all the way to what will be. And so he's, he's aching for the coming, the second coming of Christ in that day. He has that, and so there's this one flesh that he's revealing, so it's just incredible. He shares his own journey of the four covenants in a a really vulnerable way, and uh, so then um, he invites them to this journey, and he shares with them, there's this revealed glory for you, like for you to discover as you come into this um, journey, too. So in this conversation Peter's having, he's speaking to the redeemed. He's speaking, he addresses them this way. They're the redeemed, they're living a life of love, and they are in communion. So he even goes past community, you're in communion, you are becoming one with each other. And and he tells them, you're chosen, you know, you're chosen and you're clothed. And that robe you're wearing is humility because... You have the understanding that that there are so many who aren't in communion, that aren't living this life of love, being able to recognize the difference between love and not love. And he's he's now inviting them that they're going to go beyond their borders to have this compassion and this uh, pursuit of those people. So, um, and he's he's talking to them about, hey, I know what the world is like right now. I know your circumstances are hard, but you're going to cast your cares upon God. Like there's a place for all the things. And he describes cares 
and I feel like it was like things that oppose the four covenants because he uses these four descriptions. He's like, they um, cares, they cut, they distract, they wound, and they puncture. They wound your soul and they puncture your heart. And if you hold on to those as your own, that is going to be the effect. And each one of those is going to counter one of the four covenants. But if you give those to God, and he uses the word cast, you know, this fisherman, this is how he came in, mm-hmm. cast them on God, and they're not going to have that function anymore in your life. You're going to be able to see differently. So then in First Peter 5, verses 8 through 9, he speaks of the enemy, and he he uses three different descriptions of the enemy. And so the first is the adversary, and he describes him as aimed at our souls and litigating. He describes him as litigating against us, and he's talking about thoughts. He's going to just come in and try to reason you, reason you away from what is true. You know, with these things that just make so much sense, so put together. And he's going to try to bring a battle there. And then he calls him the not just the accuser, but the grand accuser of the brethren. The one who's just in the throne room night and day. And he's trying to actually accuse in the scripture is to just stab, to, to puncture all the way through. So he's trying to just slay you with the accusations because if he can draw you with the accusations, you forget what's true. You forget that there's redemption already there that's been provided. And then he's described as a roaring lion and he's hungry, he's cruel, he's greedy, and he's restless. And and he describes him here as an overturner. And I just found that so interesting because we just have walked through Purim and where Haman was trying to overturn the the identity and the destiny and the very existence of the Jewish people. But through faithfulness, that plan was overturned. So Peter describes him as an overturner. And what is he trying to overturn? Our faith. That is what his aim is. The end game is to overturn our faith, but Truly, there's a fullness of faith, which is our faithfulness. So he's trying to overturn our faithfulness so we stop just that continued um, relationship and nearness. And, you know, we are pursued by the Lord, but we have a pursuit. We pursue Him too, you know. It's It's the exchange. And so he's trying to ultimately overturn our faithfulness and how he does that. Um, because this is this is the first thing highlighted to me, this roaring lion. Well, we know Jesus as the lion. And here, the enemy comes in this mockery of who Jesus is, just trying to um, imitate his identity. And so to come in this familiar way. So he's, he's come in these ways. And it says that he he is relentlessly night and day walking, looking for those he can invade, the ones that can be overturned. And obviously we don't ever want that to be us, but he looks for the familiar things, the familiar thoughts, the um, the things we hold against ourselves, um, the things we wrestle with. 
he's looking at those places where we won't explore those, where we just let them kind of lie dormant and we, we know it's there, but you know, we, we just, we don't want to deal with it. We want the glory, you know, we want to be partaking in that, but we don't even want to go through the journey with Jesus and our relationship with him for it to deepen and for it to widen and for us to be, uh, becoming one with him every day you know it's not this instantaneous thing it's a journey and so he's looking for those thoughts where the places where we're bothered you know instead of knowing what's really precious and the places where we wrestle and we're not resting he's looking for that and faithfulness is an inheritance where we just get to walk that out day by day and Ask him to be the faithfulness inside us. And, you know, when we don't do those things, the enemy sets the world against us. So we start noticing everything of the world in these cares come and they oppose the covenant that we're called to. They oppose the four covenants. And we begin to abandon what we really believe. And if we do that, he overturns our faith. And so just really as we're walking through this um with these amazing couples that we're gathered with this week. And then, you know, we always seek to do the assignments that the couples are doing. So we're walking through the four covenants. So we, it was date night last night. So we walked through the four covenants together. Um, and it was, it was kind of fierce, wasn't it? It was was very fierce in a good way. I mean, in a great way, (laughs) in a really great way. Uh, we had this moment, it's Pa's turn, and he's he's doing the inheritance covenant. But I was like, wait, wait, are you d- still where I'm wrestling? Because it feels <laughs> like I'm wrestling. But you know what? It was because it was a place I couldn't come into inheritance because of this thing I was wrestling with. And so, in a way, I was hoarding inheritance because... You know, I hadn't come into that fullness. So it was very fierce, like probably the fiercest one of those we have. But I get it in context of what the enemy's trying to do right now. And it, it was fierce with love. I mean, we were both like, thank you, oh, you know, and feel so different today. We felt great yesterday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, sure. but it was just this, I don't know, just this, um, you know, an ember that, that fully caught fire, I think. And, um, so we would just encourage you if you know, you know, you've heard us speak about the four covenants, um, maybe you've been through an immersion, you always walk through those there or fitting room. Um, but somewhere you've probably heard us talking about that. Explore those four. If you haven't, you know, get in touch with us, we can tell you the resources where to find those. We, we didn't pull those up in advance, but, Um, Go through just starting with with your relationship with, you know, with Papa and with Jesus and with El Shaddai and, you know, just finding what is precious, finding the places that you're wrestling and not resting and and um, what what he's already provided to you that maybe you haven't seen. You've been waiting for it to come, but he's already provided it and then. The, the places of really um, becoming more dependent on him. You know, we can see maturity as 
needing him less and, okay, we're going to go show the Lord we can do this by ourselves. Well, that's what Adam and Eve did at the tree. They're like, you know, we, we'll go try this on our own now. And it was the first time they tried anything without God and it failed miserably. And so, you know, finding those places where you, you might be holding something against yourself, something you won't, um, you just don't think can be overturned, you know, that you're holding so tightly to, you won't let the Lord just overturn that in your life or a place where you just think you have to be more independent, but really maturity means we won't do anything without him and just explore those places as we're preparing for Passover, for Pesach, to just be able to enter into the fullness of that deliverance and that, um, restoration of the life he has for us. Yay. 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 Amen. All right. Well, we are so happy to have been with you again, and we're headed back to the fitting room today, and we've got to gather tonight. And <laughs> we're busy, man. It's a marathon. It we is. love it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we will definitely talk to you next week. We'll um, have worship from tonight posted very quickly, we're very grateful to Whistle for all he does to get these things posted into you so quickly. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So, and just as a reminder, uh, Pesach begins on April 19th, sundown of the 19th, and goes through sundown of the 27th of April. So, just so you have that for your knowing. It's time to grill some lamb. Yes. And celebrate Jesus together. Yes. It's the best ever. Can't wait. Yeah. Yay. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.